Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hungry for Hockey Talk podcast, episode 12. Very appropriately named episode. Um, we've got Jerome Aginla's retirement game was last night in, in Calgary. Is he number 12? He's number 12. Number 12 is forever raised into the rafters at the at the Saddle Dome in Calgary. And uh, man, what a game it was! Up in Colorado? No, not in Colorado. <laughs> not not the not the three years at the tail end of his career in Colorado. Uh, that was like uh, for someone who's had such a good career. I think that was his one mistake <laughs> was signing Colorado at like at that time. Because if he had gone to like the Penguins or I think Boston wanted him as well, mm-hmm. and just had been like a support offensive player, he could have had like a few more years of the playoffs instead. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, at the, t- I, at, at the time they did look like they'd be a little bit better than what they yeah. were. But yeah, they, they were. The whole Duchesne <laughs> thing happened. Yeah, and but, it's still happening. Well, realistically, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see about that. But <laughs> I don't thing. know. He he played in. We traded him to Pittsburgh. We traded him to. No, we didn't trade him to Pittsburgh. I think we traded him to Boston. Boston. He went to yeah. Boston because I remember First. him going. You want me? Yeah, and then he ended up going to Pittsburgh a year later, and then he signed that three-year deal. He was in L.A. too. Yeah, that was at the end. Yeah. He had not signed, I think, for part of the year or something like that, and then L.A. was like, oh, we need some scoring. Yeah. We need another older, slower player. Come start. Yeah, but, you know, it, it is too bad. He He was seeking a cup. At the end of his, at, at the, the tail end of his career, there, and you know he didn't get it, but he said in his speech that he already won because of all the wonderful and lifelong connections that he had uh, throughout his career with with his friendships with with Conroy and Craig Conroy and Marty Jelena, Mika Kippersoff. Uh, that yeah. one magical run was 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 enough to you know. And uh, it, it was it was pretty funny because I, I was there at the game and it, it was the atmosphere was electric. And uh, every time the that infamous goal in 04 was brought up, the the entire fan base was uh, we we're, were all chanting. It was in, and um, it was a fun time, man. It was really really cool to see that presentation. They uh, just he's just such a class act. The, the fans in Calgary just love him so much. And he's just such a he's he he epitomized what it meant to be a Calgary Flame. And I grew up watching this man as our captain. Uh, and like there was nobody better at the time. Would you have preferred he retired as a flame? I would have preferred he retired as a flame, yeah. Maybe he didn't do his last tour. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was really, really hoping that we would sign him to, to a final year. Um, like if we had him this year, oh, that would, well, that or like the year he was in been LA, awesome. he could have just, yeah. although I, that wasn't a great year in Calgary. So maybe that was, yeah, great. exactly. Yeah. But this year would have been sweet if we had him in the, 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 the third or fourth line, but you know, he, he, his body just couldn't handle it anymore. You know, he didn't, he didn't have the foot speed. You could tell when he was on LA and when he was in Colorado, he just couldn't keep up with the kids anymore. 
That's and, what happens uh, with the power forwards. Yeah. Like, they need their speed to be able to push people around. But when they're exactly. not as fast as they used to be and everybody else is getting faster, they just can't can't keep up anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I would have preferred that he stayed. I was definitely heartbroken when he left. But, you know, I understood. You know, I, 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 I cheered for him. I really wanted him to win that cup. But, unfortunately, just from, it just never happened. Just from the other side of things, uh, from someone who watched the Sedins stay, I'm, I'm happier that they stayed than instead of having them get traded. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe end up in a team that wouldn't have been as good. Like Minnesota or something that could have... I think that was one of the teams that could have kept both of them if they wanted to get traded. Um, it would have been quite possible that they would have just petered right out or been yeah. like shell shocked in the environment. So, yeah. So there's something to be said about keeping your long your veterans in that have done a lot for your team long term. Yeah, it's good for the morale too, you know. But it was uh, it was just a wonderful night. It was unfortunate that we couldn't pull the win out for them, you know. Um, I it was it was kind of tough because the the ceremony lasted for so long. Uh, it, it was like it, it started at like two hours before the game. Yeah, they you showed it on and, um, the inter- the second intermission on Hockey Night in Canada between the, yeah. the Leafs and Buffalo game. Yeah. And yeah, all the players were just sitting there. They were just kind of... So it was it was easy for, for them to kind of get into a lull and right out of the gate, Minnesota came to play. And kudos to the Wild, they... they they played really well tonight or last night. Devin Dubnik was dialed in, uh, playing back in around right around where he grew up, uh, good old Albertan. And uh, yeah, he was stopping everything. He was seeing everything. All our shots were like we outshot them uh, pretty heavily, but a lot of our shots weren't quality shots. They were just kind of when he was looking right at him, and you know, games like that are why I'm a little hesitant and worried about the the flames in the playoffs. Is there certain teams that have you noticed that have a certain style that can just beat the flames? Cause I, I have noticed there are certain teams that they have a style that can beat the Leafs and I've watched yeah. it like, and yeah. Is there any teams that you can think of? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota is always a tough challenge for us. Um, they they always seem to turn it on whenever whenever they play the Flames and and yeah I think I think it's a style of game that they play you know it's it's a, it's a heavy um, checking game that they like to play uh, they dump the the puck in and uh, one of the goals was was from a direct result of that they caught Mike Smith behind the net and and instead of going back to the net when he had a defender there fighting for the puck he decided to stay and then they had an open an empty net to to deposit the buck into. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that kind of style. So like a style that Minnesota plays Nashville for forever. When, when, when trots was still there, uh, like when they still had Tommy Bocoon and um, the OG predators were, we're always like the flames could never beat them. Anaheim. We have a tough time uh, against Anaheim because of the, the style of game that they play. So Boston too, I guess, but they're kind of moving a little bit away from that more towards skill. They're, they still have a pretty heavy game. Yeah, for sure. They're very, Boston is one of those teams that's very good at keeping teams away from the inside. 
And so mm-hmm. te- teams like, I mean, I'll compare Calgary and Toronto that have a lot of skill up front. If those players can't get in front, there's not a lot of players, especially on Toronto, that can push their way through to get into mm-hmm. get a closing shot. And that's what screws them over quite a bit. Yeah. But then they play team like a team like uh, ooh, okay. like Tampa Bay, I would say, is not like that. They have a bit more of a loose, like super high-skilled team. Oh yeah, but nobody can beat Tampa. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say the teams that probably could would be teams like Boston Islanders. Or there's a couple teams I would say that have the better chance. Washington, of course, because they beat them anyway. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess uh, Boston did beat Tampa the other day and snapped their ten game winning streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, the end of the world. They lost. <laughs> what is it? One in twenty or some fucking thing. They, they, <laughs> they're nine one zero right now. But yeah, they, um, they, uh, they tied an, an NHL record for reaching a um, hundred points in sixty six games. Yeah, or well, they're at one hundred and four in sixty six games right now. Right? No, oh, no. What was the? Shoot, would, I don't remember. It would that. have been three games ago that, that they hit 100. Yeah, that's right. I don't remember the record, but they, they hit one. Um, yeah, sorry. I don't remember the record. But I like right now their goal differential, 84. It's almost double the next two closest teams, which is Toronto and Calgary. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just outscore their opponents and... When you have a Vezina Trophy winner like Vasilevsky in the back there, you know stopping all the pucks, it's easy for you to double double your opponent's goal output just because he's so friggin' good. So I, I really don't know why Stevie Eisman left when he did because this team is just so good. He but, said it was the family stuff. Yeah, yeah. Tired of traveling to Florida from Detroit all the time. Yeah, Um, which is definitely important. Family is for sure important. You know, I really do understand that. But I also think that when he started with Tampa Bay, why didn't he move his family down there? Like, I know they had roots. I know they've been there for a long time. But that's something Mm -hmm. that a situation where, especially when he first started, which was was eight years ago. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. You you know, it's a long term thing. So, yeah. But and you see the trajectory of the team too, so it's like, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you give it a long better, time. There's no reason for you to leave. Yeah, they're going to be good for a long, long time. So, uh, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, so the whole point of this was just to um, thank you, just a big thank you to th- to, to Jerome McGinley, um for all the years that uh, you've you've brought joy to to the Flames fan base. Um, Big ups to you. Hats off to to Drew McGinley. Congrats on the retirement and the jersey retirement as well. And uh, yeah, we're gonna miss you. Hopefully, we can um, we can see him around more often. But yeah, thank you, Iggy. So now let's move on to let's uh, let's talk about about Toronto. Yeah. So. It's kind of funny because it's almost like the counter opposite where you have a player who <laughs> left his team and he comes back to play one game and he's like hated in the most way that I've ever seen a player get hated for coming yeah. back. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. 
Um, here, uh, let me just play the horn here for Toronto. There, they. Uh, I, I was I was very very curious about the coaching decision. Like, obviously, Mike Bobcock is one of the best coaches to have ever coached game. Um, I believe in whatever he does, but. Did you find it odd that they played Frederick Anderson the night before the Islanders game against the Oilers instead and and played Garrett Sparks in a very very hostile environment that they knew was going to be hostile? Um, do you think that did you find that odd? Why do you think he did that? Uh, I, I actually know exactly why he did that. He's very into uh, like his plan and his system, and the if you play the odds like statistically, you're you're always better off to play your number one goalie first just to get the win right away, and then the second game is kind of like a you you already have a lower chance of winning, and so by trying to balance it out, you actually just have a less chance of winning. If that makes sense, yeah, and, and that makes sense. That's just why a lot of coaches do that, and he's. There was a, I can't remember the games last year, but there was this very similar pair of games last year where people were wondering the exact same thing. And mm. that's why he did it. I do think that that was a situation that maybe you could have thought about it a little differently. But at the yeah. same time, if you're like, if you're, if you're taking the, your emotion, the emotional event out of it and you're just looking at the, the fact that you want points in the stands, the best way to get points in the stands is just to, go all out in the first game and hope your backup can have a good game in the second one. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you are playing the best player in Connor McDavid on the Oilers, but you know, you, you, you think that <laughs> it's, it's the Oilers they're having, <laughs> I, I don't, I've, I always feel bad about that. Like I don't want to keep going, going off in them, yeah. but they're having a bad year. So just like yeah. any of the bottom 10 teams, you'd probably assume and you'd like to throw your, um, your your worst goalie out, mm-hmm. and like, uh, yeah, you know, obviously there's a reason that he's Mike Babcock, coach of the NHL, and we're not. But <laughs> y- you got to figure, like, you got to roll the dice at at this point. You know, it's just it's not just that it's a big game. Uh, because it's it's also you know, you, you want your team to play that way, right? Like if they had won that game, the chemistry in that room would have been, would have skyrocketed. Like that game would have, that win would have meant more than losing to the Edmonton Oilers potentially the night before. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you losing to the Edmonton Oilers is very, very, the chances of that are very slim. Even if Garrett Sparks is playing. And it's not like Garrett Sparks is a bad goalie. It's just, you know, he, he doesn't have much experience and uh, that it's, was a very emotionally charged game. It's also going back to what we were talking about earlier with uh, New York, uh, Boston and Washington. Those are three teams that just the style that they play is extremely hard for the Leafs to beat. Yeah. Like there's some games that are close, but because the, the Leafs, they kind of have to pinch a lot and they have to throw in their defensemen to get through any of those teams' defense or just kind of like their defense around their goalie, they open themselves up to get um, to get like uh, two-on-ones quite frequently. And that's something that those teams can do quite well. 
And right now with New York, you have their goal. Their goalies are just playing out of the world, out of this world. So you need, they needed to play like a really tight game against them. And it's just something that they don't do very well. Yeah. Laner, Laner was a, was a monster that game. And uh, the whole team was obviously fueled by just how electric that building was. Kudos to the fans for um, creating an atmosphere like that, you know, um, players always say that it's fun to play. Well, if you're on the Islanders, it's fun to play there at home in the Coliseum. Uh, when all the fans extremely, show up. yeah, well, yeah, but extremely intimidating. Um, again, when you're the opponent, because the fans are right on top of you. Um, so we'll we'll give we'll give kudos to to the Islanders fans for that. But uh, you know, I think we're 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 probably gonna gonna shit talk them a, a little bit here. Like we we don't want to spend too much time on this just because there's been so much coverage on it already. Um, but let's let's get your thoughts, uh, Sterling. I think it's just it's great to sh- to show up and to promote to uh, cheer on your team against you know somebody who was important that left. But it was also a bit extreme the way they were acting like i don't think i've ever heard uh, a team that loud and that antagonistic against a player that was there that didn't leave because he hated the islanders or there was some type of like i don't know feud or something with the team it was just the fact that the entire time he was there the team was managed extremely poorly and i think if you want to be mad at somebody you should be mad at the previous management and ownership that just squandered a lot of years and just couldn't get a good goaltending and hasn't been able to secure like a a new building. And they finally get their shit together in the end when they lose their best player. It had nothing to do with uh, John Tavares. And then you take the human part of it for him was that, you know, he grew up in Toronto and his fiance also was starting a new job there in Toronto. And I think if you take any person who is in a situation where, well, I can make the same in these two locations, but my wife is going to be working in this location, like, where would you go? And I think probably like 95% of people would go where their where their wife is and their family is. Yeah. It's just yeah, not to mention that. all the connections of their families. And, and if you were just in a history working for an organization that was just disorganized for a long time that's great. It, it's just it's true like yeah it's totally. great for them that they're doing good this year like awesome but uh there's also that side where you need to just move on and go well we're, we're sad that he left angry that he chose another team but during the during the moments where it was you know like the tribute video just cheer and then after that boo yeah and it would show yeah. that you like him as a person but you don't like it as he's on the other team and you can yeah. still boo the player that used to play for you. Yeah, you can, you can, you can do both, right? And my biggest takeaway was, you know, he was there for nine years. You know, he gave up nine years of his life to try to be the best player that he could be for your team, and he was the best player for your team. You know, you. It's all it's it's like that old saying you you, you don't boo nobodies, 
you know, he, and he wasn't a nobody. He was there obviously. And, um, from what I hear, it sounds like the fans are not upset that he left. They're just upset at how he left. And yes, I can understand, but you need to understand how difficult of a situation and how difficult of a decision that would have been for any person, you know, like he, it's, it wasn't like he was trying to lead you on. He was trying to make a decision, but the fact that I see it as the fact that he had so much trouble deciding means that you you know, the Islanders and the fans meant that much to him. You know, he knew what he was doing, but he really just couldn't decide. He couldn't give them a straight answer because he was still trying to make the decision and you shouldn't fault him for that. He was trying to take his time to make the proper decision. And, you know, in the end, unfortunately, he didn't choose you. And obviously you don't need him. So great. You don't need him, but why do you need to throw shade and boo him and throw snakes at him and and like burn his jerseys? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you guys when he went into the locker room. Yeah, I mean, you guys paid for it. You know, you paid for your tickets. You paid for those jerseys. You can do whatever you want with them. But the the biggest thing is that, um, and. I know there are fans out there. I know there are Islanders fans out there who do appreciate the years that um, that Johnny T gave to you guys, and you are genuinely appreciative of of him and what he represented as a captain to your organization. Uh, and to you guys, you're all wonderful. You're amazing people. Um, not saying that you know the fans who were screaming bloody murder weren't aren't amazing and wonderful people. It's just, they were louder. And with anything on social media, um, it just painted you guys in, in a light that was very unfortunate. You know, my first reaction from, from seeing that is like, man, these guys just, they're, they're so focused on Tavares leaving that, they may not be appreciative of the product on the ice. Look at the players that are on the ice for you right now and look how good they are. Look how amazing they're playing for you. You should appreciate that and not think about, oh, John Tavares left, John Tavares left. Think about the team that you have now and be appreciative of that. And I know that, you know, a lot of fans have have said, you know, oh, just because we're upset doesn't mean we're not appreciative. Yes, but the way actions speak louder than words, always. Well, right now, they're still on ter- uh, for sales of um, tickets. On average, they're the lowest in the league by about a thousand tickets per game. Yeah, well, some of those, some of those are, are some of those stats are, are a little misleading. Um, I've seen a few. Um, just diving into the Twitter rabbit hole, I've I've seen a few. Um, people refute that, you know, saying Nassau Coliseum doesn't really seat that many people. Um, so I think they well, only do it by the like raw number thousand or something. If you do it by the raw numbers, they're the lowest. If you do it by percentage, they're third lowest. Hmm. And the next two below them are Ottawa and Carolina. And so yeah. compare those two and the teams above them are Florida and Arizona. So compare those teams to Yikes. how well the Islanders are doing. Yeah, Carolina is in the playoffs, 
for sure, but they've only really been good over the past month, this season. They, well, they kind of built momentum into this last month. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So. I've said all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> a few... There were a few videos that I saw, and uh, you know Jeff Blair on Sportsnet made it made a really good point. Um, if you haven't seen it, then you should try to. It, it, it was a little, it was a little confrontational, um, but it was. And obviously, he's Toronto media, quote unquote, is is what all the Islanders fans are are blaming this on. And uh, you can, okay, I I always have to take issue with this. Uh, bias thing is that whenever someone has somebody who doesn't disagree with them, they immediately go, Oh, that's just their bias coming out. That's true. Bias does come into account a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. but speaking from someone who's studied this quite a bit, it becomes less and less of an issue. The longer someone has to think about it. So if someone has to make a presentation on something and they have like weeks to think about it, they're less likely to be biased towards it than as if they weren't. So you can't just say that, oh, because we don't like what everyone's saying, it's biased. You need to step back and look at it from other people's perspectives. I just, I get, yeah. I get really annoyed when I, I hear that all the time because it's like the one psychological concept that most people know about and they use it for everything. And it's like completely misused. The more you know with yeah. Sterling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep doing that. <laughs> Keep doing that. I'll come at you again. <laughs> Yeah, so so Jeff Blair was saying that um, that Islanders fans should actually be thanking John Tavares and the Toronto Maple Leafs because uh, of all those years of you know like after the the Mike Bossy era and and all their cups, all the years riddled with mismanagement and the Garth Snow era. Basically, um, this team was not making money. And it was teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs who was making money even when they were bad that were bailing out teams like the Islanders, the Florida Panthers, um, the Arizona Coyotes. So his standpoint is you guys should be thanking us because we are the reason that you still have a team. And um, that's going to be touchy. Yeah, that's a little standoffish. It's a little standoff. It's very standoffish, I should say. Um, but, you know, he has a point. He kind of has a point. And, you know, it's 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 a tough situation in, in, in this because, like, you know, you don't want to be – you don't want to tell fans how to feel. And these fans are passionate. We'll give them that. But – it's 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 tough, right? Because people can only say people can only comment on what they see. And what the world saw was that the Islanders fans weren't very classy towards a player who showed nothing but class while he was with the organization, um, who was just a pure professional, great captain. Um, just a superstar for for your team, and uh, you know, public opinion obviously is 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 a little different. Um, we obviously don't 
uh, aren't as invested or, or watched games as much as, as Islanders fans do, but that's why the, the world was seemingly against you guys. And, you know, it's, um, it's a tough situation. And I think that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I'm over it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, honestly, with any team, even a team that I like, when there's a lot of coverage on them, I'm just like, okay, is there anything else going on? (laughs) (laughs) So let's, um, let's go. Yeah. Let's go to the, the race in the East. There was just a couple things I was going to talk about. Uh, right now, Columbus, since they've made their trades at the trade deadline, has had a middling record. Oh, the sweet sound of the horn. Um, <laughs> and they, they're they currently two points out of a playoff spot behind Montreal and Pittsburgh. But they have two games at hand against Montreal and one against Pittsburgh. And it doesn't... Maybe this is just a little hiccup at the beginning or just a bad week but it looks like this could be like one of the worst trade deadlines in history for a team <laughs> if they if they miss the playoffs man that is going to be catastrophic and then yeah. people are going to start making more jokes about the curse of matt duchene, matt duchene. <laughs> like, the team and they just bought him out and like none of their trades work and all this stuff yeah like at the time when he was on uh the avalanche Everybody was like, Joe Sackick should be fired. He's the worst GA of the league. Now he's a fucking genius. <laughs> he oh, can't yeah. do any wrong. No, absolutely not. Yeah, um, it's... I, I. You guys were talking about Yarmo's future Yarmo. with, with the team. Um, Poor Yarmo. I don't... I, it's a tough situation. I'm pulling for him. I'm I'm pulling for Columbus. I'm pulling for him too. They, I like watching. They need them to play. make this. Yeah, They're they need to make the playoffs. Although, if yeah. if I had to make a choice between Montreal, Pittsburgh, or Carolina making the playoffs, ooh, I don't know. I don't know who I wouldn't want in there. Carolina just because they're a bunch of jerks. Pittsburgh, <laughs> they're a bunch of jer- they're a bunch of jerks. jerks. Pittsburgh, because if they were the first ones to play Tampa Bay, would be like hilarious. It's like, oh, Tampa Bay, you've just made the playoffs with record points. Have fun playing Pittsburgh <laughs> in the first round. <laughs> just fucking destroy their team, like even if they beat them. Yeah. I'm a strong Canadian, so I have an immense bias for all Canadian teams. That can't be over. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely want the Canadians in it, but not if they have to play Tampa. <laughs> I think if they if they have to play Tampa, they should just be like, you know what, we're 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 just throwing in the towel. We'll we'll call it next year. What <laughs> we if, don't want to end your carry price. <laughs> but what, yeah, what if Columbus has to play Tampa? You spent well, that's all, okay. you spent all these yeah, but you spent all these trades. You're like, yeah, we're gonna make the team as good as possible, give them the best chance they can, and they're playing the the best team in the league by a mile. Yeah, if they pull it together and they become a better team uh, between now and then. That's a good thing, and it kind of is deceiving in the standings because they obviously didn't have all those players all year. So you never know. But yeah, I think for, I think Columbus is parading to get a sixth. Like, yes, come on, <laughs> we'd rather play anybody else. Yeah, I don't know, Johnny. Johnny B is uh, he's he's kind of freaking out. He's freaking oh, out yeah, a little Montreal. bit there because. Uh, you know he's he's pretty sure that he's freaking out because of Montreal that they're gonna 
he's pretty sure that they're going to drop out pretty soon here. They might. But it's not like Man. Columbus is playing. Well, they're both playing pretty bad. Out of all the teams that are in that area, they're the two worst that are struggling right now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's tough. Carolina's just been on a tear. Five straight. Winners of five straight. So, um, yeah, it's 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 going to be a tight playoff race. But, you know, you guys were talking about Kekalina's future. Should he be fired after this? I don't know, man. If... I think they need to give him a chance at uh, and see what he can do uh, after after this season. You know, see see what kind of. I mean, if Mark Bergevin still has a job after you know deconstructing the team and by starting with the PK Subban and trade and stuff, uh, I think Yarmo deserves that chance as well. The one thing I do understand about him. Um about him trading all, all he did for this season was I, I they haven't had a lot of playoff success so I think it would have looked pretty bad if he just said you know what fuck it it's not our year and just trade it away for assets I think that would have pissed the fans off way more yeah. than, than them not having made the playoffs this year mm-hmm. and that's what I respect about him is you know he he a lot of times GMs and GMs want to play it safe, you know, they're just like, oh, we'll just go for it next year. Or, you know, they're not invested in the year because they don't like their chances or whatnot. And yeah, at a certain point, that's fair and valid. But when you're this close with Columbus, uh, you need to, you need to go all in. And, um, you know, they, they don't stack up that well versus like the top teams. But especially with how they've been playing lately, um, but I think you need to you need to give them that chance and 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 see if they can make any noise in the playoffs. The players deserve that shot. The fans most definitely deserve that spot uh, that shot. So, um, yeah, here's hoping here's hoping that uh, that Columbus can can figure it out and and you know get it going. Um, do you have anything else to add on uh, on Columbus? Nah, man. I just okay. wish them all the best. Yeah. If they make Let's the playoffs, I'll, I'll buy a Blue Jackets hat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, that's uh, that that'd be pretty neat. A Blue Jackets hat would be kind of cool. Um, I'm actually aiming to collect all the hats. I just don't have a lot of money, so it's like oh, <laughs> every every few months I get one. Like, okay, this is my one. <laughs> But Especially. recently, someone broke in my locker at school and stole my Washington Capitals hat. So fuck that guy. Really? But, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was the one I bought after they won the cup because I my dad's a huge Ovi fan and uh, and Washington fan, and so I bought each of us a hat to like remember that. Yeah. And they fucking stole it. Damn, dude, that's fucking. Yeah. That is lame. And some other. Who stuff. steals a hat, man? Well, they stole my gym shoes too. Does anyone want my smelly gym shoes? Jesus. What if you had lice? (laughs) (laughs) 
Maybe I do. <laughs> Suck it, guy who stole Sterling's lice-riddled hat. You jerk. And my smelly gym shoes that hopefully had some type of ringworm infection in there. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> but yeah, shame on that person. If anyone sees a homeless person or a shifty-looking person wearing a Washington Capitals hat and pink ASICs with a lot of itchy problems, fucking let me know. Yeah. Yeah. That's messed up. Did you just, like, did you have it locked? Did he, like, break the lock? Or Yeah, they broke the lock. They just Jesus. came, like, li- the one day I came into school, about 20 minutes later, just because I was tired and I slept in a bit, and yeah. I go to work out and I look at my locker and the fucking, they just snapped the lock off and then took that. And I guess nobody nope. saw it or... Nobody else had had their shit stolen from around nope, you? Nope, just me. Man, that's an inside job. Yeah, I, I feel like somebody noticed some of the stuff I had and was like, hmm, I'll take that. Yeah. Fuck. That sucks, man. But, well, uh, if it'll make you feel better, we can we can talk about um, the the tire fire and... In, in Ottawa. Oh, you really know my heart. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to do it. <laughs> oh, man. We got to talk about why? it, though. Why did they do this? Like, why is it every week that Melanie decides, like, you know what? Fire the coach. <laughs> <laughs> just wait, wait, wait. We, we only got a few games this year. We're going to have to pay him anyway. Just leave him yeah. in and we'll let him go at the end of the year. He's letting us down. He could have gotten a couple wins after we gutted the team. Easily. Like, yeah. Literally, literally two, three days after um, they, they, Dorian said that he stands behind Guy Boucher. They fire him. Um, I have a conspiracy theory. Oh, what is it? I think, I think they fired Guy Boucher to try to... Um, shake some of the heat from from their failure of uh the LeBreton Flats um development. Oh, that is a good point actually. See, I, I never even thought about that. And the first <laughs> thing that I think about is the firing of the coach and not the failed deal to get a proper yeah. arena in a proper place so that the fans can watch the game and that they don't have to have low ticket sales anymore. Mhm. Yeah, I think uh I think that's exactly what happened. And uh you know, Dorian says that Melnick had no had no part in this decision, so maybe that's true. Maybe Dorian just decided that he was he wanted to to do Melnick a solid uh, so that he could try to keep his job. But yeah, this this just reeks of this just reeks of conspiracy. Um, I'm probably crazy, but well, if he's saying that he had nothing to do with it. Uh, I'd like to find that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to look for it while we're talking, but there's a statement that Dorian gives about what they're looking for in a coach. And it sounds oh, like yeah. something that came from Melnick. You know the statement <laughs> I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. How, like he, they, they, they're looking for a teacher. They're looking for someone who listens and um, you know, they're, they're looking for all these, these different things. And uh Doug McLean on, on, on Sportsnet too was was freaking out because um, he felt that was and and it kind of is it, it, it's 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 a slap in the face of 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 Guy Boucher you're you're throwing the guy under the bus 
Um, you know, be, because by saying those things, you're basically saying that he didn't provide any of that stuff. And those things are all very important to traits to have as a coach. Um, so, you know, you're, you're, you're basically sabotaging this man's career on top of um, firing him with what, less than 20 games left in the season. Yeah. And then, and then they go out and get demolished by the, I mean, take a number, but they go out and get demolished by, uh, by Tampa Bay in Mark Crawford's first game as uh, interim head coach of the Ottawa Senators. So <laughs> I don't know, man, like it's, 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 uh, I, I, I watched a bit of that press conference and none of this can be laid at the coach's feet. You know, they, he, Guy Boucher did the best that he could. And some sense fans uh, agreed with this move because he doesn't play the kids very often. Apparently I find that unlikely because the entire team is full of kids. It's, it's just an AHL team with Bobby Ryan and Chris Tierney playing on the third line. So, you know, at a certain point, you can only be blamed for what you have to work with. And Guy Boucher did not have a lot to work with. You know, um, it wasn't his decision to, to call up certain players or it was his decision to play certain players. But if these players have no NHL experience, then you're going to want to play the players who have more NHL experience to kind of shelter them from being one of the worst teams in the league. Like (laughs) it's, it's a tough job. And, um, you know, I, I, I did not agree with that, with that firing. Um, this is just another, yeah, this is just another nail in the coffin for, for this organization because um, it's, you know, they, they couldn't agree to, to, to LeBreton flats and um, you know, nobody's really talking about it right now because they're all focused on the Guy Boucher firing. But that was a big blow to this organization because they need that foot traffic from, from downtown Ottawa to, to maintain their fans because fans are now, for sure not going to drive 45 minutes out to Canada, Ontario to watch an AHL team when they have a junior team, the Ottawa 67s, um, as a good alternative because it's basically the same skill level. So um, what are your thoughts on that, Sterling? That's, that's basically all I've got to say. I kind of feel the same way. I mean, barring some unforeseen miracle, next year is going to look more like this year. And, I mean, fuck, like, can some good news, like, be maintained? Because I think last week I talked a lot about how they have a lot of draft picks and a lot of young players, and there's something to look forward to. And then you just get, like, another situation that's just handled improperly by management or... uh, Ownership. Or yeah, or dictated by ownership, and everyone's like, "Can can we just have like a chill week where nothing happens?" 
Like, can we just have like a stable conversation? And then you hear yeah. all these stories about Melnick, about how he, he came into the Sens locker room last year and, you know, was like, what the fuck's wrong with you people? And, or that the deal fell through this year because of like a couple million dollars or something, like a disagreement over like, like a small amount, you know, in relative to the entire deal itself. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at that, you're like, well, is this going to change? I mean, like, is can it change? If the team is shitty next year, like they're shitty this year. Okay, so you're going to get a good tra- draft pick in the first round, finally. And you're going to have all your other draft picks. It's like, okay, well, then you need two more years of development. So that means probably a couple more years of bottom in the standings, like three at least. Unless there's just some mat, like huge turnaround by all the prospects that they just pull it all together and their goaltending becomes solid and defensive structure is fixed by the new coach and you know their power play and all that kind of stuff. Like it's like a huge task ahead of them, um, and th- things need to start going right to fix all the problems instead of this constant weekly news cycle of like what's going on in Ottawa today like is there any more secret videos from Uber you know did how's the LeBreton flat steal like we've been hearing about that for a couple years now it's just a complete gong show and no one can agree on anything and no one wants to pay for this and and then even the government has kind of come out and said that they don't want to deal with this agreement you know between the city obviously because they have to pay for some of it in an election year Okay, so that means that there's nothing's going to be settled until like next December, or this is where they're going to start negotiations. So that means by this time next year, we're going to have another bit of news. And like, is that news going to be good? I don't know. Don't 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 forget don't forget that uh, they're going to be spending near or at the cap in uh, by 2021. <laughs> so there's there's that to to take into account too. <laughs> So you've got that to look forward to as, uh, as well there, Sens fans. You get you get some some bloated veteran contracts coming your way. He, Melnick is like the Trump of the NHL. Just <laughs> says wild things that like in a way they sound like they make sense. Like this goal of having like a great team in like a couple years and, you know, make Ottawa great again by 2020 (laughs) it you know it sounds good but then when you look at like all the actions of the management you're like what in the fuck is this like who who decided this yeah you brought a defenseman to interview you or jersey (laughs) and you didn't even know yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) that he played for your team (laughs) (laughs) who is this guy did he just see him in the hallway when he wore a suit and he was like, "Oh, hey," uh, and had a conversation. And like, "Oh, you're oh gosh. you're from Ottawa, huh? Oh, okay, uh, you know, you could help me out." <laughs> hey, I'm from Ottawa. Yeah, <laughs> I got my liver from Ottawa. Um, oh God! Well, you know the, that that LeBreton Flats is dead in the water too now because it's past their the deadline for for when they were going to negotiate and and they've decided like the, the NCC has um, decreed that there, there would be no extensions. The mayor of the city has, has even said that he doesn't like dealing with, with Melnick and has, has wow. publicly stated. Was he ever done? Like this, like this, this, <laughs> this is, this is how, how extreme the situation is. Like when have you ever heard of a mayor of a city 
trash talk the owner of the sports team, the major league sports team in that town. Like the mayor of Ottawa voiced his displeasure, said like, it was it was like silly that he uh, we really did not like his comments um, about um, moving, you know, like thinking about moving at that outdoor game yeah. when he was interviewed. He was talking that, about potentially that, moving. The that team. was such a dumb thing to say. Like you he yeah. basically threatened the fans and said, you know, if we don't start getting more attendance, we're going to have to move the team. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's a big celebration day. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Why? And you know what? Honestly, maybe he's just loopy from the opioids that he's getting because of that liver cancer or liver transfer. Maybe, maybe that had an effect. Cause like ever since that, he hasn't been the same person. It doesn't seem like. And ever since Brian, uh, Brian Murray. <laughs> yeah. And, and ever since the late Brian Murray, um, has passed away, uh, rest in peace. This organization has never been the same. Well, he apparently was one of those guys that could keep Melnick under control. That there's a report of um, Elliot Friedman was around the senator's building, and uh, Melnick was coming into the locker room to give the player shit for something, and then they told uh, Brian or they told Murray, and he came down and stopped him. Whereas last year, when Murray's not around, no one could stop him. <laughs> Just what, what do you? What did he do? Do you think? Do you think he just left a trail of cookies to the back to his car? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna give those players why what my. Oh, I'm gonna give those players my mind. Ooh, cookie. Yeah. Probably like, hey, I, I got a new idea how we can save money, and then he just got lost <laughs> in conversation for like 25 minutes. Oh, game's over. I guess the players are gone now. So, yeah, they're they're home. Yeah. You should probably go home too. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's. I want to hear more about leave. that proposal on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So go home, go home, Eugene, and then just never leave. <laughs> Stay there. Oh, geez. All right. So let's move on. Yeah. Arizona. Do you want to, do you want to yeah, touch on Arizona? Story. Yay. <laughs> uh, good news. <laughs> Arizona fans. <laughs> Your team might make the playoffs. They're only one point out. They're on a six game winning streak. They're doing well. I mean, Minnesota's on a five-game winning streak right now, but they do have a better record in the last ten than Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And all this with losing like some of their two of their top players and Stepan and uh, Stepan again recently, and uh, yeah. Nick Schmaltz. So I really top goaltender, yeah, for the season. Ranta's out for the season. Yeah. Well, Kepler's just mostly playing out of his head. Mostly good news for Arizona. So yeah, there's a yeah. chance that they could make the playoffs. I really hope they do. If there's a team I don't want to make it, that I could care less about making it. Like just looking at the standings, it's probably like Dallas or Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Nah, you sorry got, Dallas fans. You guys sorry, don't need it. Fan. Yeah, get your shit together. Yeah, <laughs> Arizona <laughs> needs this way more than you guys do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's good to see. It's good to see a team that and a fan base that needs a winning streak and like possibly making the playoffs. And it also, you know, could bode well for them next year that if they're less, less injury prone and that some of their draft picks are coming up, um, that they're supposed to have an amazing group of prospects. So if some of those players can make it in the NHL, they could be a pretty decent team next year. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So good news, Arizona fans. Fun to watch. It'll be a good finish. Hopefully you guys can sneak your way into the playoffs there um, and get some some playoff exposure. But uh, yeah, well, I think we'll we'll end today's podcast on uh, on a happy note. Look at that. Um, Finally, it took us 12 episodes to do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, apologies to the, I don't think we're going to go over our, uh, our fantasy stuff this week. Um, I haven't know. had too much time to, to look I, into it. I got stuff to do. Yeah, I got stuff that we got things to do. Uh, so, yeah. No, uh, no injury updates. No, Stephon's I mean, injured. Sucks, everyone. Yeah, Stephon's injured. Bufflin's injured. Parise's got a sore foot. Um, <laughs> he actually does. Oh, really? Is that <laughs> yeah. a description? Sore foot? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. He, he blocked a shot. Oh, yeah. Um, his toe is itchy. <laughs> yeah, Eric Carlson's out. Um, Still, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Heather's been activated. Yay. Evander Kane is, is also injured. Hasn't played the last two games. So there you go. Quick rundown. Can you um, play the sound? The injury sound? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite part. <laughs> so all those people, uh, all those people just basically did that in the past week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah. And, uh, you know, pick up, pick up, uh, pick up Darcy Kemper. He's well. He's on this hot streak. Yeah, he's still he's good. been good. Yeah, Brock Nelson's been good. You know, um, Ryan Donato. Travis Konechny. Point Ryan per Donato. game player now. Yeah, Shh, don't say that. Um, seven days. It's a secret. It's a secret. No. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Konechny, Verana, same guys that we've been talking about. Riley Smith has been turning it on. Um, Paul Stastny again now. I, yeah, I can't say enough about Paul Stastny. So, yeah, so that's it. We'll catch you guys next week. And um, not editing this this episode either. So flaws and all. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. We appreciate your ears. Keep uh, keep sharing us with your friends, your family. Bring your mom. I didn't do that last week. Uh, you know, we, we, we would really appreciate that. Trying to get as much exposure as possible. Been trying to be as on a, uh, active on Twitter. Um, so give us a follow, give us a like, give us a shout out uh, at HFHT podcast on Twitter. And uh, yeah, you can find us at all the major, you know, um, stores to purchase. Podcast. or uh, <laughs> Podcast networks. Yes. iTunes, Stitcher. Google. I use Castbox. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, tune in. What else is there? A bunch. Spotify is the big one. Yeah, as well. Just don't illegally so, steal it. That's bad. Yeah, don't do that. That's bad. Okay. There's other free networks. You don't have to have <laughs> the interwebs. No, you do not. So we will see you guys next week. And uh, yeah, happy hockey week. See you later. It's your hockey show.